What's happening, people? And welcome back to the Park Lane Podcast, episode 38. My name is Luke, and uh, let's get straight into it. I'm joined this week by my co-host, Winnie. Winnie, how are you doing? I'm all, I'm all, uh, do you know what? I'm all good. Um, uh, and you know what? The season's over, so I can relax now. <laughs> exactly, right. And uh, Harry, how are you doing? No, very good. Thank you. I allude to what Winnie says. The season's over. Fantastic. No more pain. Uh, chance to, to reset, to, to revisit things and, you know, reset if you like in the summer and go again because, yeah, we, that season just needs to end, didn't it? So, yeah, fantastic to be here. Perfect. I'm making the debut on the channel. It's Jack from the Cheese Room podcast. Jack, how are you? I'm doing great. Just this is the longest season I can ever recall in any sport I've ever followed. So I'm just I'm just happy that we're at the end. <laughs> yeah. Amazing. Well, it's great to have you on. And it's great to have everybody watching. And also, if you are listening on podcast as well, it's great to have you here. We are running a simultaneous stream on our channel, Part Lane Podcast, and also on a view from the South Stand TV. So if you're in the comments section, make sure you chuck in where you are watching the channel from and make sure you're showing love to support for both channels. So it's Part Lane Podcast and a view from the South Stand TV. Right. Let's get into this then, gentlemen. <laughs> so Spurs just ran out 4-1 winners against Leeds United, relegating Leeds to the championship. Winnie, we'll start off with an overall view. What are your thoughts on the game in general? Um, it was... Oh, do you know what? It was... It was I'm not going to say it was what I, was, what I expected. Um, it, I, I expected a bit more fight from Leeds, to be perfectly honest. Because obviously all the teams down there, um, they were the ones that needed something. Like, you know, Everton could have probably done it with relying on other results and stuff like that. Um, but Leeds needed something from it. And that, it just shocked me that they, I didn't see anything from them. Um, mm. I think overall, um, we show, uh, I say we showed a bit of fight. We had nothing to fight for either, really. Uh, we did in terms of Europa Conference, but... Um, we showed a bit more, we was probably a bit more relaxed. Um, and, you know, we, we we turned it on when we needed I don't think we had too many shots, to be honest, but the ones that we did, obviously, uh, the majority ended up in the back of the goal. So uh, a dominating performance, which we don't normally see. Um, and it's sad to see uh, a team relegated, you know, when you're directly influencing it. But it is what it is. They show no fight. So that's what they deserve, unfortunately. Yeah, and, and Jack, do you do you agree with Winnie's comments that um, you know it's is sad to see a team relegated at your expense, especially when you've got nothing to play for? But are you also happy mm -hmm. that you know Spurs got a win? Yeah, actually, it's always tough for me. The relegation's such a, you know, I, I look at those fans and I got nothing against any of them, so it's kind of really hard to to feel you feel bad for them. Uh, but to your point, I think ninety seconds in. You know, they give up the goal, and I think the play, the air just came out of the whole place, uh, and they just knew that they had nothing in their control at that point. So I can see why. I'm so, I am surprised though they had such a, a poor effort overall. They just did. They're a poor side, and that's the reason why they're going down. Yeah, and Harry, uh, you managed to correctly <laughs> predict the score just the wrong way around <laughs> last week. So you said Spurs would lose four one. We won four one. Uh, how are you feeling? I'm quite happy because I'm going to take that because technically this, that is the scoreline. Just the other way around, that's all. Um, no, but no, it's, it's great to end the season on a positive because I think we can all, all agree it definitely hasn't been the best of seasons. Going into this season, we did, you know, who would have thought we'd been in this position to, to get the win on the final day, 
convincing enough football. Um, probably, I, I would say, yeah, most convincing under Ryan Mason if there is a convincing performance. Um, but no, I, I, I take I take that scoreline. But with Leeds, obviously, it's not nice to see a team get relegated. Us sending them down as well. Um, but you know, Leeds are in a difficult situation. You've got they've got the play. Obviously, got the fans turning against the the owners and the board. Uh, the board have made some shocking managerial decisions this year. Like, for example, the appointment of Javier Garcia, which looks like to cost them because that's where they lost their goal difference because the amount of goals they conceded. Uh, Aladar should have been appointed earlier. There's so many decisions that, that the board have made. So, yeah, I feel for Leeds, but buzzing to get the result in the last game of the season. Mate, it's good to see you happy for once, Harry. I'll, uh, <laughs> I'll put it that way. Probably, uh, yeah, yeah, turn around towards the end. but It, it uh, won't last, don't worry. <laughs> yeah, and welcome to, to Haz and uh, Ashmatic. So, uh, you're Haz, right. how are you doing? Yeah. You all right? Yeah, just relieved the season over now. <laughs> yeah, how we all said the same thing. <laughs> yeah. Like, for me, I know you guys are talking about Sam and um, how he set up the game, or whatever. Like, if it was me, I would have probably played Somerville and not and gone 4 4 2 in that second half. Um, what because took like, so they, long? They, they didn't... huh? What took yeah. so long to, to, to uh, bring not so on, but it's like. They didn't really stretch us um, at all. I think Leeds, and I kind of expected more. Uh, on our side, I was just more happy for Kane to get that 30-goal mark. Um, in terms of the game, I didn't think Villa were going to slip up. So, And even if we made Europe, we won't take it seriously. So, yeah. Um, so I was just watching the game, just passing the time, really, for 90 minutes. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, nothing else to do this Sunday. Um, and, yeah, just, I don't know. Spurs this season, it's just been a massive disappointment. Um, to sum it up, uh, obviously, I thought we'd be better this season than eighth. But on reflection, you can't really say we're not we're not where we should be because our defense is like League Two material and our attack is say like you know Champions League, let's say. So it kind of evens itself out. So being mid table kind of fits where we should be. Um, so yeah, um, I'll just relieve the season's over, right? <laughs> yeah. And Ash, welcome to the channel. Um... You know, were you kind of sitting the same as the rest of us, really? Kind of sitting there, you know, without any pressure on your on your shoulders, you know, being a Spurs fan. And also, do you think the players also felt that, where re realistically, wasn't even in our hands anyway? We had to win. We may have got Conference League, but does it really matter? Yeah, I think the pressure was off massively. And I think that came into our advantage, where Leeds had everything riding on it. They kind of, like, had a formation, which was like a 5-4-1, which they kind of... Uh, try to hit us on um, on the counter attack, and then when we scored early, it kind of threw their game plan out of the window. They decided to kind of push on us, and then gaps started opening up all over the pitch, especially from behind. And I felt like we definitely took advantage of that. I felt like at at first, I saw there was mistakes from Skip, there was mistakes from Poro, um, but nonetheless, because we had the goal, our nerves were settled, and I could just see the difference between us and them, especially in the second half, when we scored early, again, we were playing the passing. Every time I saw Basuma on the ball, he was so calm. He got the ball, was able to do those little short passes, and he just felt like a spare man all the time, was always free, could always help the defence out. But um, Kane, Kane was just, I thought he was absolutely magnificent. I think he really was the difference. Um, he could have even had more goals in the actual game um, today, but I just thought, like, his tenacity is... Um, willingness his ability to get on the ball and make it happen and then even when he did set goals up it was like he just had that extra inch that extra piece of energy just to get there 
And sometimes people don't realise how good of a dribbler Kane actually is in terms of actually beating players and ghosting past them. I think he's quality. And that really showed today. And not just that, his, his finishing was obviously exceptional. It really did show. It's a shame that he's got 30 goals and the team's eighth. Like, he wouldn't, he could never write that. Um, but yeah, it is what it is, man. I'm happy as well that the season's over. And now it's time to get to work. Now it's time. There's no excuses. There's nothing to hide behind. We can't hide behind the matches. Say, you know, managers are in leagues, you know, playing games. This is the time now where we have to up our search and make it count. Yeah, 100%. Uh, Jack, I'll come back to you on that point, actually, because, you know, 30 goals for Harry Kane. His team finishes eighth. He doesn't even win the golden boot. Like, you know, what does the man have to do to, you know, have a good season while scoring yeah. 30 goals, you know, it kind of puts a little downer on it, doesn't it, for him? Yeah, I think if if we had, let's say we're doing a preview for the beginning of the season, we go all the way back to August, and I'm able to come into your show and say, Kane has 30 goals for the season. Pierre has five goals, four assists. Bentecourt has five goals, two assists. Perisic has one goal, eight assists. And we have a January signing and a right wing back who has three goals and three assists. Where do you think we finish? I mean... Think yeah. about it. Well, normally, it's, it's, when a striker scores thirty goals, you'd expect us to be in the top four at least. Yeah, you you would say, well, top. We may not challenge because city, yeah, city, yeah. but we would yeah. be in top four. But it just shows you how poorly we fell apart in the back, and and that's just you know, Kane can score all the goals he wants, but if you give up, what do we give up this year? 62, well, three, Sixty-three four? goals, isn't it? I think sixty-three. So I mean, we it's clear where the problem lies. Right. I mean, Bentecourt's injury obviously changed things significantly, but it's clear where the problem lies and where they have to invest. I, I just hope against hope that we actually, you know, can put together a structure this summer to get the recruitment right for once. Yeah, 100% agree. Um, Winnie, I'm going to ask this question. Harry Kane, I ask you this every week. Is he staying? Is he going? Uh, Harry Kane's staying. He's staying. Um, purely for the simple fact that. Um, you know, today has showcased that not only is he, you know, we can say Bar Haaland possibly, but for me, he's definitely the best striker in the Premier League and Europe. So, it, it, look, look, if someone wants him, they're going to have to pay a lot of money. And when I say a lot of money, I'm talking a hundred plus million. It's what, what it's going to cost. And if you look at if you look at teams that that may do that. Um, Chelsea could do that. He won't. He won't go there. I, I'd like to think that any person who has Spurs running through their veins wouldn't do that. And I'm a little bit sad that that our man Pochettino has done it. But you know, so so. Um, man City, they don't need a striker anymore. They've got Haaland and they've got Alvarez as a, as a perfect backup to Haaland if they want to play two. They've got two very very good strikers. Um, so it's, we're talking Man United now. Will Man United pay a hundred plus million? For Harry Kane, I don't think they will. I just don't, it, for me. Don't you, know, you guys? I'm going to let you finish. Sorry. No, no, don't no, you guys okay. think that Newcastle could be a destination for him? That's, do you know what? That's a that's only oh, I've only oh. really the past couple of weeks I, I've kind of had that oh, come into I've my head. I've been thinking that for like a while. Should I tell you why? Because of the whole Shearer thing. Yeah, um, yeah. They might they might push it to him in the narrative that you can come to Newcastle and do what Shearer did and get the the record yeah, yeah, yeah. and obviously because they're like they got all the money they can spend a lot of money and it'll be like true, a big yeah. name player for them to be back in the Champions League and I mean maybe they could challenge with Kane I don't know do you know what no that, that's a very good point I think yeah. 
it, in, in my head, I thought it was United only, um, and I don't think they would they would pay that money. But Newcastle is a it's a it's a good shout. But me personally, I think I think he stays. Um, it didn't look the you know end of the season at home, uh, and even today it didn't look like it was his, his last game. You know, it was very emotional the, the back end of last season and the last game at home. He was almost in tears, clapping the fans, um, and he, he didn't look anything like that today. So. Is that a message? Is it? Am I reading into it? Who knows? But I think he stays this season. Um, and it, unless we have a really, really immense season next season, uh, then he'll just leave on a free transfer and he'll have the pick of whatever club he wants. Because at the minute, he's got Man United to choose from or let's say Newcastle emerge as well. End of next season, he can go to any club that he wants. So that's that's my take on that, to be fair. Harry, um, on this one, if hey, if Jane, if Kane stays, does he sign a new contract or run Jane. this one down? And as a caveat to that, if as you're, you know, as you're a staunch Levy outer, if Daniel Levy can convince him to sign a new deal, do you think it would start to change some people's minds? Well, it depends what you, you, you're wanting people's minds to change because the opportunity to build the team around Kane and listen to what Potch said in 2019 has gone. And it's too late to build the team around Kane because that won't be the team for the future. It'll be the team for now. And we know it's not going to happen uh, at Tottenham anyway. Um, personally, my feeling is I'm, I'm with Winnie on this. I don't think he leaves. He was emotional back end of last season. Oh, I think he pretty much was in tears, waving, spent ages you know, in front of the home support. Brentford, very, very quick wave. Again, once again today, very, very quick wave. In other words, you know, thank you for this season. Thank you for support. You know, see you next season. It wasn't like a goodbye. Yes, we may be reading too much into this. Uh, but in Kane's point of view, you know, it, it, it looked, didn't look like a goodbye. And I, I think he will see that contract down. Um, for, for Levy, he's got to decide, do I cash in and take the risk of the fans' backlash of losing our best player? You know, I'm, I'm sure he'd want to cash in, but does he take that risk with a backlash? Or does he does he keep him for another season, which obviously is fantastic for Tottenham Hotspur Football Club as well as Levy, but on the risk of him leaving for a free and not getting that money to be able to potentially rebuild the rest of the team? Uh, it's an interesting one, but I, I, I think he stays. But it, it doesn't change my mind. If, if you're thinking it changed my mind when it comes to Daniel Levy, it, it, his time's up. He's had, he's had 22 years. And it's 22 years of the same mistakes and ha hasn't learned. So... Yeah, you know, some people don't change. Fair enough. And quick one, H, um, before Fair I point. go to Ash. Does, just a random one, does anything, would anything change your mind? Because I because I was listening yeah. to uh, Brian, you know, on our channel last week, and we, we chatted um, on the show, I think it was, about, you know, or maybe it was after the show. Anyway, we chatted to him about it. And I was surprised to hear his answer that actually... You know, it would take a lot, but his mind would change. Would your mind yeah. ever change on Daniel Levy? Yeah, I'm with Brian on this in the sense that my mind would, would absolutely change. Uh, and that it, it, it perhaps would take a lot, but my, my mind could change, you know, quite quickly. Um, it's, it's an interesting one. Me and Brian sound slightly different and what will make it, you know, for us to get there. For me, 
it's, it's to come out, interview, be honest, take responsibility. I'm, I'm sorry for the mistakes I made. And that is not coming out and saying the decisions we've taken in recent years, whether the club's best interest of ambition, desire, which I'm afraid, I'm sorry, but it, it isn't true. It's clear to see. And I believe I do believe Levy does have the best interest of the club and the fans, but just doesn't know how to do that. And that is when you, you step back from that in some things and the business comes first in his eyes. Uh, Tottenham. So, what would change it? Reversing the increase in the one Hotspur membership would be a great start. That that public apology openly. Um, they, they, there's quite a few things that could contribute towards it, but overall, it, it's, it's been like this now uh, for 22 years. But also stepping away from the football side of things would be, would be a massive bonus. Because um, if anything, that one hospital membership prices, the season ticket prices, you know, when you're, it's just hypocritical when you're not increasing the season ticket prices because of a global, global major cost of living crisis, but thinking it doesn't apply to the one hospital membership people. So th- there's quite a long way to go. There's three or four things, things that could contribute towards it, but we're, we're waiting to see in the summer. Yeah, if the team does rebuild, you know, and another thing, Luke, would be uh, to go out there and get Nouns on a slot. But tentative interest isn't going out there and begging on your hands and knees. There is a difference. Like, and, and we're talking about a man who can't accept his mistakes. And that is the reason why Pochettino is going to Chelsea. Um, he, I'm sure he's waiting for that Tottenham phone call. Didn't receive it from the man who, who's still yet to say sorry for, for in ultimately was a mistake and how it happened towards the end. Uh, I, I, I think the majority of us know that. Whether we want him back is a different thing. But he, he was successful, obviously, without winning the trophy, of course, but with the lack of money he had to spend. So the, the simple answer is yes. But how long How long and how much? I'm, I'm not quite sure. Mate, I'm glad we got there in the end. But uh, <laughs> love, love, that, That's love why patience that. is important. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm only joking. Ash, so we talked about Harry Kane. Um, you know, obviously scored twice today. Uh, got an assist for Pedro Porro. But I want to talk about that assist for a moment because, you know, the way he flicked the ball over the Leeds player and, you know, ran round, laid the ball off. Uh, you know, OK, poor defending from Leeds, but, but Porro scored. Just shows you, like, what a player he can be, not just as a main striker, but also, you know, if we did get another main striker, how he could play alongside them, he could drop in behind. There are various transitions in formations that we could use with him. He's just, you just run out of superlatives, don't you? Yeah, I think like this season, especially, um, it hasn't even been his best season, in my opinion. Um, Sometimes some of his passings let him down, but the assist that he's made during the season, especially this game, some of the key passes, the big chances he's created, um, that chance that he did actually create in the end, where, like you said, he flicked the ball over, uses his head, uses his strength, uses his tenacity, then uses his technique to actually find that ball, find that pass into the player was absolutely amazing. It was absolutely just world-class, I think, in my opinion, because people look at Kane, you don't associate Kane with those type of things. You just think Kane, um, just a deadly finisher, just a predator. But now he's adding so much to his toolkit. Like before, when he was uh, with Mourinho, Mourinho really stepped his game up and asked him, what type of player do you want to be? What type of man do you want to be? What do you want to be known for? Like, you were a superstar. And he kind of basically called him out and played him in that different position where he kind of dropped in midfield and um, is able to find players. And he also said said that, you know, he knows how strikers want it. 
he knows how strikers want to take it because he himself is a striker. And his weight of pass is just exceptional. Every time he does a delivery, weight of pass is just pinpoint. Even today, he tried to ping a ball out to uh, Poro. Didn't quite get there in the first half, but it's just his actual football IQ, his awareness. Sometimes he won't even need to look. You've seen it with England. No look pass when he's around better players. He's able to find them. Um, my thing is with Kane is, my worry is when the manager comes in, will he now change his mind of his stance about where, whether he wants to be at Tottenham or not? Because it's that 72 days long search we took and we actually found Nuno in the end. If it's an underwhelming appointment and the window hasn't shut, then all of a sudden, does the game change really quickly for Kane? Because yeah. let's face it, he's 30 in August. So by the time that window peaks and he hasn't signed a contract, all of a sudden, do you know what I mean? Things were up in the air. So like we saw what happened with Nuno, as I said before, if we get someone like, I don't know, Potter, will Kane be <clears throat> underwhelmed? Because at the end of the day, if I'm in Kane's shoes, I can't speak for Kane because I'm not Kane, but you're at the peak of your career and you're getting a manager that you might not think is good enough. What can I learn? Can I learn everything from you? Can I get better? Will my game improve? Will the team finish above eighth? Or is it going to be a coach that is a project manager? Do I want to stay for another build? Do you know what I'm trying to say? So yeah. <laughs> that's when that's when the question marks start to happen. But yeah, that those goals today were phenomenal. His finishing was phenomenal. His assist, his all-round play, um, yeah, exceptional. Yeah, it was just a shame, wasn't it? He didn't get the, the hat-trick. There was a chance um, where he actually, for once, missed his first touch. Um, I think it was Harrison yeah. or um, I can't remember who it was, but came and, and swept the ball up. But, uh, you know, what a, what a goal that would have been to, to you know, to see the hat-trick. But has I uh, want to touch on Pedro Porro because, yeah. you know, he scored today. And, uh, you know, it was good to see him scoring. And under Ryan Mason, he has been put in a more advanced role, I would say, you know, less defending duties with Everson Royale being able to come over and defend. Um, and it was nice to see. I did tweet, actually, after he scored, saying that with the right coaching, I believe he could be a top, top class winger as opposed to a wing back. Mm. Like, what do you think about Poro? Uh I think what people need to realise with a lot of these... um. And I think you probably see this as well with with a doji next season. Is that a lot of these players coming like attacking fullbacks from other leagues to um, convert into a, a fullback in this in this league, or to convert into whatever he's going to be a wingback? Like, I but I think in the end he'll be like a fullback, like Carl like Carl Walker in that sort of sense, like either a wingback or a right back. But initially, these kind of players need to play higher up the pitch because they have less defensive responsibilities. And when he daps, say maybe next sometime next year, maybe he'll be moved further back. And I think this the same will be used for with the Doji as well. I think um, I was speaking about this actually on RVTV this morning, and we're talking about the um, Doji and you know some of the players coming back. And I'm always of belief, like with Sessegnon, I think we should have played him further up the pitch initially, and then moved him back um, because then he would have just settled into this team a lot easier. And maybe the transition into being playing on that side just further back would have been easier. Um, but I think Poro, for at least a short term, will play higher up the pitch. But I think in maybe a year or two, he'd probably play further back. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. It's you know, it's 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 interesting you mentioned uh Cessignon actually has because mm. 
you know, I think you have to look at players, right? I'm not a football coach in any shape mm. or form, but you've got to look at players and look at what are their strengths, right? And what are their weaknesses? Yeah, so yeah. You can see from all those players you have mentioned that their strengths are attacking strengths and passing strengths and pace strengths. So why are we utilising them in a defensive... Shall I tell you why? Because it's the it's this modern football. If you look at, say, Liverpool, you have Trent and um, Robertson. Okay, they're, they're full-backs, quote-unquote. But they play so far high up the pitch because they want to stretch the opposition. Um, and if you want to play attacking football that all Spurs fans apparently want, <laughs> you're going to need to convert these wingers, if you want to call Wapora a winger now, into a fullback and be able to play both up and down. To have, say, Poro one side and Doji the other side going up and down, up and down, and playing both sides. And because uh, obviously Poro, like, we've all seen his attacking is really good, but he needs to adapt to the the physicality of going up and down, up and down. It's not like you're playing Serie A or another league like that where it's very slow paced. The Premier League is a totally different animal. Like you need to be good every in every way really to survive, especially as a, as a fullback. Yeah, I think Agreed. the advantage of say someone like Carl Walker is because he was kind of from the championship and it was already in England, Him was his step up was a bit easier. But with a player from abroad, I think it's very different. Let's yeah. not forget Kyle Walker was defensively so shit yeah, as well. Yeah, it was just that he was so quick that he got away with it. Recovery, yeah. It's recovery. Yeah, yeah, that was yeah. that was literally his 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 rise was oh okay, I've 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 left the player there, but do you know what? It'll take You're gonna have to do that with Poro, I think. You're gonna have to just get make sure he recovers in time to get back. Yeah. And uh Jack, we saw two debuts today from two separate players. Um, so we saw Matthew Craig come on and George Abbott, George Abbott, 17. And I also tweeted that I put out saying that his tackle that he made about 30 seconds after coming on, he showed more heart, more desire, more passion and more fight than anybody pretty much bar the likes of Kane has shown the majority of this season. You know, he's got a long career ahead of him, but it, it you know, it's nice to see those players come on and make, an instant impact, isn't it? Well, every 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 supporter wants to see the the kids come through the academy, right? That's the whole point of having the academy. You want you want to see yeah. them come through, and and unfortunately, we've just we've had we've allowed a situation where we've had managers who are are not too focused on development. You know, we know how Conte used the U twenty ones, and 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 not that it's all his fault, but the impact that that had on them. But you. But, but from the results of the U17, U18, there's clearly talent there. But we just haven't had a path. And therefore, you see the people like Mundold sign, okay, this is not the club for me. I got to go somewhere where I can get first-team football because I don't see the path. I mean, that would be the – I'm not advocating for Mason at all. But the one thing that you would probably get with him is a more clear path from the academy to the first team, yeah. which is something that, you know, every club needs uh, and particularly clubs that aren't backed by nation states. Right. So it certainly is going to be helpful if we have that path. And you're right. If, you know, I can only imagine what it must be like. I don't care where you are. It's a way game, the end of the season, maybe the game's in doubt, but you finally go on that pitch. I got to imagine you're just exploding. And yeah, it's good to see that kind of, that kind of, uh, you know, effort right out of the gate. You want to make an impression when you know, you've only got a few minutes. So that was, that was a lot of fun. Yeah. And Winnie, that's what's going to be, I think, important to, you know, Daniel Levy, I think, at the same time. And it has to be important to fans as well. But well, we now have to have a manager who is going to utilise that youth setup 
and be able to help establish that, you know, transition between youth to first team. Because, you know, at the end of the day, this is why players like Dennis Serkin, uh, players like Dylan Markande have left Spurs because yeah. <clears throat> there is no transition between that. It's very, it's, I think it's, I think nowadays, I, I, I think it's very rare that you see someone come from the academy and, 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 you know, not just at Tottenham. Um, there are obviously the, the odd occasion where it does work and it is successful, but I just don't think you see it as much anymore. Um, and I think that's just because, if I'm honest, I think the, the Premier League is so competitive now, um, from, from literally from top to bottom. That each team, you know, it's it's more competitive, but at the same time, I think like like for example, today Southampton and Liverpool, if you're down the bottom, you still can get a result of the big people where it wasn't as common, you know, let's say five six years ago. If you if you was playing bottom of the league, you'd expect, and you probably would get three points. So I think because it's more competitive, I just think maybe teams aren't willing to take the risks bringing so many youth players in, um, and yeah, we need to find a manager that's going to do it. Of the current crop that are linked, who do I see being someone like that? Graham Potter, for example. I think he would he would focus on 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 youth. Do I want Graham Potter in? Not really. I don't know who I want at the minute, but um, it, it's sure that the next manager is going to have to is going to have to you know think about those the, that side of it with the youth. But again, we don't know who's going to be in charge. So <laughs> okay, so so. A follow-on from that then, Winnie, yeah. if what you're suggesting, which I'm not disagreeing with you, that actually the youth isn't actually that important because the likelihood of them actually making the first team and making an impact based on how the current climate and how fast the Premier League is, yeah. what is the point in a youth setup? You tell me, I agree. I mean, it, it, it's great It's great to see, you know, the two that made their debut today, etc., um, I, I love to see it. Um, and obviously, we're talking about, you know, recently about Harry Kane um, being one of the, the best strikers ever coming from our academy. So it obviously does work. However, I just don't think that it's it's as, as often as we would probably like. Um, but again, me not being a football coach or, or, or even delved into looking at academies, I don't know the kind of talent that's out there. We see... You know, especially through football Twitter, because there's always people dedicated to it. You'll see glimpses of someone saying, "Oh, this player is up and coming, and he looks amazing," etc. But we never, we never see them feature or even get in the squad. So, what is the point of them? There obviously is a point because you get the even if even if the, the you know the the academy's running for so long and you pull one Harry Kane out of it, I suppose that justifies it being there, but. It's, it's, also, it's also it's player sales. It's also, I mean, you, you, they're that's not good enough for you. Point, it's it's revenue, right? So that's yeah. that's that's where you get if you're not going to bring them through, but you give them an opportunity to show their stuff, then somebody else says, okay, well, you're not going to play at Tottenham, but you you can you can play in yeah. France, you can play in you can play in Holland. So that's, what, can, Chelsea, that's yeah. what Chelsea were doing for uh, for years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Just fund there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And then most of them ended up at Vitesse, didn't they? Um, which has an issue with right now. They're looking into those books. That's going to be interesting. <laughs> <laughs> Harry, talk to me about Lucas Mora. So when, do you know what? I was thinking a little bit about you when he came on, because I was thinking, you know, here he comes. He's going to slag off Ryan Mason. He's going to suggest that, why is he giving sympathy minutes to Lucas Mora? 
I was kind of imagining a rant that you might come out. And then Lucas Moura, my man, decided on the right wing to run past every player and say, do you know what? I'm going out with one last hurrah. Yeah, and fair play to him. But to, to, to be honest with you, as, as much as I'd love to come on here and moan, considering it is Lucas's last game, I, I, I may have not done. May, may have not done. I'm not going to promise you because the whole mood changes with something like that. But no, he came on at a perfect point. He got the goal. And it was a bit of like the old Lucas Mora. The confidence to take on players, the confidence to put it past the keeper. The old Lucas would be taking one too many touches, giving the ball away, the wrong decision. But he actually makes the right decision. Why not? Yes, it may be against, you know, against a, a lead side that we already knew had been relegated at the time. Um, but it, it doesn't matter. Is, is this a goal? Is this a fantastic send-off? But I don't know why we've got Spurs fans going out there like saying, oh, he won't be missed, blah, 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 blah. We're forgetting the night in Amsterdam, which is the greatest probably the, the club has ever had and, and got us to the Champions League final. Um, but, you know, it, it doesn't matter. He, he struggles in recent years. And yes, his Spurs career hasn't quite worked out. But overall, in my eyes, for that night alone in Amsterdam, uh, a Tottenham Hotspur legend that, that will be, that will be missed. That, that definitely will be missed. It was good to see a bit of the old him today. So no, it was great to see. And credit to Ryan Mason for giving him the minutes. Um, you know, and um, with, with Ryan Mason, he for me doesn't get the, the credit he deserves. When, um, as you know, this one on view from the south stand, you get people call out to to drop so and so to drop so and so, and then when it happens, it's how do you do that? You're not treating it seriously. So some fans need to be brought back to to reality, uh, if you like it. Uh, maybe finishing outside Europe would do that. Who knows? But anyway, I, I think. I think Ryan Mason obviously clearly isn't ready for the job, whatever he may may say. But little things like that, you know, the, the, to, to give Lucas the minutes, which I don't think Conte would have done because he, he's stubborn and he just can't see past, can't see past that. So no, it was great to see uh, because the game was done and, and he scored at the end of the day. So it's a perfect send off. But yeah, he, he definitely will be missed. Yeah, hundred percent. I echo that. You know, I think you you can't always talk about that one game that one moment and you know talk about someone in, in such high regard but one thing that he has always given to this football club is he has always given you know heart soul uh passion he may not have been the lucas mora of old you know in which we thought we were signing you know the one from psg but uh he you know he has given us uh glimpses of of glory and uh you know i don't think you can take that away from him at all but uh has Talk to me about no European football. Are you happy? Are you elated that we don't have European football? Yeah, shall I tell you why? See, yeah, I am very happy because even if we were in Europe, we wouldn't have taken it seriously. So there's no real point in being in there. Because um, I know Kane spoke about being in the Conference League a few weeks ago. Um, I can't remember what, what, where it was from. but And he was like, oh, well, if we were in it, we'll take it seriously. Well, he says that. And he probably would take it seriously. But whether the, the people above him would, the board above him would, I would say no. Um, and that's been shown for years and years and years. <coughs> I mean, we had Conference League under Mourinho. Um, we had it under Conte. And they all got told to rest players in the Cups to, to concentrate on finishing the top four. So um, so it just doesn't seem any point, seem any point to be in Europe for me. Um, and even the Champions League, it's got to the point where I was like, there's no point in being in the Champions League because we get in there. Uh, we don't rebuy Champions League level players, so we're just repeating a cycle that's never going to end. Um, so, in that sense, yes. And maybe I think also it might give the new manager a bit more room to 
rebuild the squad in the sense that we're playing less games and less trips. Everything will be in England next season. Um, so at least say in the cups, like I want to, personally, I want to take the Carabao Cup and FA Cup seriously next season because obviously we're not going to win the league. So take those two cups seriously, and then just build the, and then build the team throughout the league and just make sure we don't get relegated. But um... I'm interested in your theory, has about yeah. Daniel Levy picking the team, telling Mourinho well, yeah, and Conte who he should yeah. pick, and them actually listening to him. I find that ridiculous, if you ask me. That two elite managers of the world or who claim to be elite managers would listen to Daniel Levy and not do and do as they're told. Well, you do realise that Levy sacked Mourinho because he want, Mourinho wants to rest players in the league for the cup game, right? No, he sacked Mourinho because it was more expensive than if he won the Carabao Cup. That's no, but one of, the other re- one of the other reasons I was told was that apparently Mourinho wanted to rest players in the league game when we're still in the top four of a fight at that point for the cup game. Apart from the Super League, they fell out of the Super League too. But that was another reason. That's what I heard. And yeah. if you saw a documentary how close Levy was to the bloody players... Like, if, I'd, if I was a player at Tottenham and I was unhappy with a manager not picking me, I can go to Levy, oh, he's not picking me. I don't want to be here anymore. <laughs> and then Daniel, oh, I'll give the manager a call. Please, please play him. Please play <laughs> That's how it felt like when I was watching documentaries. Yeah, yeah, fair, fair. Ash, I don't know if uh, you're Levy out, Levy neutral, Levy in. Uh, are you happy not being in Europe? Me, I'm Levy out um, because I'll just tell you why. And the reason why I'm Levy out it's just simply he just moves too slow, drags out transfers for too long. Um, and it's just been consistent. That's one thing I can say consistently about him, which really kind of gets me frustrated because I really think we miss out on targets because of it. Not just like January window with the whole Poro situation being drawn out and then PR all of a sudden, he's the one that has to kind of rescue it. And Anyway, I digress. I'm talking about other windows when we, when it actually comes to getting players, we stick on one player and it just it's drawn out. It doesn't matter who the director of football is, it's always the same thing. It always gets drawn out, apart from maybe the summer window where we got business done early. But then after that business was done early, when we needed to focus on other targets like centre back, again, Jed Spence was drawn out for the whole of the summer and it kind of just made the window go, do you know what I mean? So, um, that's my real frustration with him. Like, it doesn't matter who he brings in. It's always the same thing. And he's the one that kind of controls footballing matters when I feel like he should be in the background, if that makes sense, and let the football people kind of get on with it. He's always got, like, a, a stronghold on what's going on. So that's the reason why I'm like, I've got nothing wrong. Like, I appreciate what he's done in the past, about how he's taken the club from here to there, and he's done the infrastructure and the rest of it. I'm not mad at him. I'm just saying, like, Larice has been at the club. Mad at him. No, I'm not mad. I'm not. I'm not. He's a human being at the end of the day, and it's just football. So it's not that deep, in it. That's how I see it. But like, Larice has been here for how long, right? Great goalkeeper. He's done well. But am I happy for him to go? Yes. It's time to move on. That's all. And it's the same with Levy. Levy's done some bits. I'll, I'll say that he's done the stadium. He's done the. the um, what do you call it, the facilities where people train at, et cetera, et cetera. But it's time to move on. Um, in terms of Europe, European football, um, I just think, I, I agree, you know, we just have to focus on ourselves. I know people think it's a great um, avenue for us to win a cup, 
but I just remember like going to FC Mura and losing, being embarrassed by teams I can't even <laughs> pronounce their right? name. Going to Kekistan, do you know what I mean? Where Borat is at, and we're just <laughs> wetting the bed. You know what I'm saying? So for me, I'd rather just save the embarrassment and just focus on one embarrassment, which is the league. Because for some reason, we when it comes to smaller teams, we just get punched up. Like Colchester, Sheffield United. I'm just, I'm tired. I'm a fan. I'm tired. Look at my eye. I'm tired. I just, <laughs> leave me out of it, please. I just want some disappointment, not all the way throughout the season. So I think if we're going to build, not rebuild, I just think we need to build right now. Um, and adds one or two players, depending on who the manager is, he's going to need time with them on the grass. He hasn't got to focus on jumping on an airplane and then not being able and focusing on about Thursday. And then from Thursday, he's got to think about Sunday. Do you know what I mean? There's no time to kind of sit down and have one week and strategize and look at uh, uh, opponents' weaknesses and then also get his philosophy and his ideas across to each player and say, look, this is what I need you to do. Da, 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 da. And that's 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 what I mean. Europe is is a lovely thought, but we don't have any God-given right to say we're going to win the Conference League. Like, who do we think we are? Do you know what I'm trying to say? Like, history dictates so far that we've only won one cup in like what 22, 23 years. So, in saying that, the, the top odds chairman, are yeah, top chairman one cup in 23 years. Yeah. Top chairman. The, 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 the odds. <laughs> the odds. For me, the odds are against us. So why focus on a cup? Why not focus on bringing the fan base together? Because I think that's a huge issue. I think it should focus on bringing the players together. Because I think there's some... I don't know if the players are united. Do you know what I mean? So I think like getting the players together and then just having the scouting, the boarding, everyone on the same page. Because for me, when Levy went to buy uh, Richarlison for £60 million, I felt like he kind of took that over because it was an opportunity that, you know, Everton wanted to actually sell rather than yeah. us buying a player for something that we needed. So at the time, I thought what was more of a priority was either a right wing back in the summer or a centre back. And I think that would yeah. have helped us a lot, lot, a lot more during the season rather than getting for a striker when we already had uh, Lucas Moore, already had Brian Hill, already had Kane, already had Son. And we already had Lucas Mora. We already Kuzeski had five. Well. Sorry, Kuzeski. So we already had five or six players in that position, and he decided to prioritize getting Richarlison over prioritize maybe jumping on a defender and saying like I'm going to focus on getting a centre back. Do you know what I mean? At the start of the season, and I think those key um, flaws, those key errors, because remember the details in the devil. The devil's in the detail. So if you get that wrong, then that could be costly and I feel like if I'm Daniel Levy and I'm appointing myself after over the last two or three seasons have I been performing it's questionable that's all yeah yeah I feel like I would say longer than two or three years but anyway no so would <laughs> I but I'm just saying for <laughs> argument's sake yeah over the and last two like, or three seasons you know I take on board you know and I and I echo a lot of what what you said you know for I might as well put myself out there. I'm not a Levy in, but I'm definitely not yeah, a Levy outer. Yeah, I know you're not. <laughs> um, definitely not a Levy outer. I would put myself in the Levy neutral bracket. And, you know, I think with you, Ash, and correct me if I'm wrong with this, it wouldn't take a lot for you to kind of your mind to be. I'm interested in this whole thing about like when you become Levy outer and then when, when you don't become a Levy outer as, as such, because 
you know, I feel like a lot of the talk then was about Daniel Levy, you know, (laughs) talking about, um, you know, his, you know, getting involved too much in things. I feel like for a lot of fans, if he just just stayed the hell away and did what Mm. he does well, then everyone would be fine. We'd be cool with it. I tell, I tell you what, if, if this will never happen, but because he's got massive ego, so this will never happen. And um, but if he just said to the the, the coach and or the, the manager and the head of recruitment or director of football, whoever the name is called, we're going to pick right. Here's 150 million plus player sales. You can do whatever you want with it. Just left it as that, and he just signed off the checks. And as long as they fit that budget, that's fine. But the guy just gets way too involved. He's not yeah. even a football person. I reckon eighty percent, eighty percent of people would change their tune if that literal simple thing happened, and that's what blows my mind every day of the week. Is I think, like, how mad is it that that's all it would take for a lot of people to change their mind, and he still won't do it? From Luke, he's got such a massive ego; it will never happen. That like, he will well, never for, change. For me, has yeah. for me as well. Sorry to cut in. I just feel yeah. like his emotional level is not really there. I think he's really worked hard within the last, I'd say, three or four months to appear on screen or give out a small statement here and there because the pressure's been so immense. He's had to do something in, in that yeah. Cambridge interview. Did that you see that video out, with his wife touching really... on his hand? Off of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, man, I saw that. He's broken, that. man. He's broken. I saw that. So I, I just, I just, and obviously the Levy out chance of being more prominent. Yeah. So I thought like that, that was, well. it, yeah, yeah, it was, yeah. it was, it was about to come, wasn't it? So in my yeah. opinion, I felt like, if he did what like the Cronkies did and actually have a sit down with the fans or kind of engage with the fans a bit more, then that yeah. could help kind of bridge the gap because I just feel like he's the Wizard of Oz. Do you know what I'm trying to say? <laughs> he's like that man behind the mirror. You just don't know who he is, what he's about, what he's saying. Not to say that you need that, but remember, it is a, an emotional sport. It's a family sport. It's a sport that it's not just a player kicking around, kicking the ball around the pitch. Do you know what I mean? It's a, it means more to us as fans. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And that's why we're so opinionated and that's why we're so See, so I just don't think he has, and... like, the capacity to understand. And, like, to me, when he speaks he about... He went, he, went he, he went to Cambridge. No, but his statements, his statements come across as really con- condescending, personally, to me. Yeah. And it comes across as he doesn't respect fans' opinions or fans. And... And it's just the play, the relationship between the club and because he's the face of the club at the end of the day, right? He's a chairman because Jolis is off in the Bahamas, so he oversees everything pretty much, mm. right? He's the one that's why we blame Levy the most because he's the one overseeing everything. And he does, I don't think he has a human understanding or like of, of like relationships between like a club and a, and a fan base, like because, like I said, the statement is very condescending. Like, remember the end, he goes, Oh, let's all back this thing mason to make sure we make europe or something on champions league but it's like well if you follow twitter you know most fans know that you make the champions league and you don't do anything with it so i feel like you don't have you don't that's what i mean you wouldn't he doesn't understand what we're thinking and it's ironic because i do think there's a lot of fans out there sorry accounts out there which are part of the club I'm not going to get into it, but and they do see oh, what God, we're getting into tinfoil hat mode. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but but but, but what on. I'm trying to say, he doesn't he doesn't have a human understanding to, to understand that. Yeah, don't become. I know Leicester went down today, right? You know, I know Leicester went down today, but at least they have a good relationship with their chairman. Like the chairman asked yeah, them, yeah. Oh, "Do you want us to do this? Do you want us to do that?" I know they went down, but uh, it's the sense that there's no human aspect of it. I don't feel it. It's like we just treat like customers. That's what it's it understandable is. because of the um the way they the um the, the lockdown and the rest of it impacted the business because they're in the travel business, aren't they? So mm. and then obviously my man died, 
and his son took over. Yeah, so you kind of, as a fan base, yeah, yeah. it's a bit different. And you've gone through a lot with the father winning the, like, the league and the mm. FA Cup. So it's a different situation, in my opinion. Yeah. But it's just the whole, um, even before that, obviously, when they had, before he passed away, it's just more the human aspect. I just don't feel he understands that. Yeah, and I obviously, agree. back in 2016, 17, we had that hashtag, remember, together THFC. Yeah. Yeah, right? yeah. And at the time, the club was all together. I think since that window that happened after that, when we signed in Kudu, Sissoko, <laughs> Wanyama, um, Janssen, which was, to be honest, an embarrassing window after making the Champions League. And I was fuming, I remember. But people were telling me to trust the process and all that bullshit. And I just, I just wasn't having it. So I wasn't, I wasn't the most, I was basically the villain on Twitter for about three months during that summer. You'll hear that again. Like, You'll hear trust the process again. Yeah, I guarantee yeah, you. Yeah. So I wasn't, I wasn't on board because I knew Levy was meddling with the transfers again. And mm-hmm. I was like, why would Pochino? Pochino probably didn't even know who Nkudu was, right? And and from then, it all went, as soon as we knocked down White Hale and went to Wembley, it went to pot, literally. I just feel like, I feel like yeah. he's an opportunist. That's what my uh, my actual opinion There's no plan. Is. He just like sees yeah, something. Yeah, I just feel like, like oh, he smells the money yeah. and then he goes, and he goes yeah. for a deal, as opposed to like planning for what we need and prioritizing there's no that. Plan. And that's, that's, there's no plan. And and that's, that's my biggest problem with him. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's not even like, if he gets one or two transfers wrong or right, I just feel like he's a person where, as an accountant or as a, a property developer, or as a that's just in his DNA. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Yeah. He's just kind of that's how he just sees the world of football and the world of business. Like you go for a cut price. I guarantee you, we're looking at this guy called Solomon because he's on a free. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, no it's other true, reason. It's true. It's true. It's not like oh, Solomon's great at doing this. He's got great attributes. Oh, it's because oh, this opportunities arose. And we can get him at next to nothing. Do you know what I mean? And that's just that's how I see it. There is nothing, you know, Jack. I'm going to come to you next, but there is nothing wrong with that, guys. I don't think, as long as the other parts of it are done. Like, for example, I can see Harry shaking his head, but it doesn't really matter to me. Like, that is that is <laughs> nice. That is, <laughs> that is, that is why it is an issue, though, Luke. Because yeah, but that wait, 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 wait. That is life, though. When I you see you an know. opportunity that you should purchase that you should invest in that you should do yes. there is no reason for that the big problem for it is not you know if, if that's the only business that we did for example it would be pointless it's a bit like everyone's slagging off signing jed spence but that is a good signing because is as it a future asset and a future player to potentially play for us or potentially a signing, as a business venture to be able to sell in the future. It makes sense. And to me, I can understand all the aspects. Yeah, sell in the future. Shall I tell you what the issue, shall I tell you what the issue is that with Luke, though? Is I'm going to go back to Jack Clark because I think it's the one that came to my head first. That money we paid for Jack Clark could have gone to Dybala to get him bloody signed. Instead, we bought Jack Clark. Pay for his image rights or any other image rights thing. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. so this is what I mean. It's just Jed Spence. It's all, I'm not saying he's a bad player or he might not be good in the future, but did Conte really want Jed Spence? No. So why do we sign him? That might extra 10 million could have gone to the whole Bastoni negotiation and got Bastoni. Yeah. So this is what I mean. These little things, Love they might Simon. seem like small things, but these are recurring theme in our transfers for years and years and years, where the manager, go, the chairman goes and buys an extra player or lets the director yeah. buy an extra I'll player and it messes us up. Why is the chairman buying players? I just don't understand it. It doesn't yeah, make sense to yeah. me. Yeah. Um, Jack, have you been sat there patiently? Sorry, I was just... I I'm a, no, 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 I'm just a guest on your show. Just a guest uh, here. No, no, no. Uh, everyone's welcome to, to say what they want. I kind of want to hear um, your thoughts kind of really around all of the ideas and also yeah. touching on that, 
you know, one of the biggest things that no one is discussing, which I think could A, be either good and also A slash B, be also really bad because of the fact he's not coming until the 1st of July, but the appointment of Scott Munn, if actually he makes any difference whatsoever, if actually Daniel Levy will step away from the footballing you know, <laughs> decisions, which it states in the statement came out that he would, why else would we sign this man and bring him into a position that, which is higher than the director of football, which we need, higher than a manager, which we need, who will see over all of these um, footballing activities? And kind of also apart from that, the negative fact that he's not coming until the 1st of July due to gardening leave could mean that actually we don't see a manager or a director of football until then. Well, clearly that's the uh, nightmare scenario that no one wants to see. And I, and I clearly don't have any insight into, you know, how much he's really doing. I, I don't, I don't know how much I buy these gardening leaves. I mean, there's, there's technically Paratiji was on a gardening leave, but clearly he was involved in activities before his official start. But, but, you know, I come at this a little bit different. This whole, I, I don't, I'm not a big, I'm not a big fan of the inner, uh, Levy in, Levy out discussion only in the sense that, he ain't going anywhere. So it's kind of, it's kind of, it's almost pointless. And I look at this from an American perspective, you got to realize that I was alive. I've spent most of my life not knowing that Tottenham Hotspur existed. This is like a recent phenomenon of, you know, the last 12, 15 years. My first, very first sorry man, yeah, yeah, my first, yeah, my first, my first man, once. yeah, my, my first manager was Red Knot because you just couldn't watch the games over here. Right. So until, until I could actually watch and, and get involved, uh, oh, I you know, play. Harry. Yeah, I've played the game. I've played the game since I was six. You know, I've coached, I've refereed, I still play. Yeah. But my, my view is that, you know, when, when, when Levy came in and Enoch came in, there was not a lot of difference between Everton, Aston Villa, Leeds and Tottenham in terms of not in, talking about, in terms of ability and potential. And what he has done, what he has done is build an amazing platform for this club to be so self-sustaining and be successful. He just is not the, he's not capable of doing it because it's, as everyone's pointed out all of the problems what he 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 way too involved clearly and i'm always wondering why he somebody said this earlier people can change but not much i think and he doesn't seem to change a whole lot and he continually makes the same mistakes so i'm not i'm not i'm not in or out i just want him to recognize what he's good at and what he's not good at like many people have said and maybe i thought the the Paratishi decision as ill-fated as that obviously came to be was his first real attempt to remove himself from the day-to-day -day operations of the football club, let somebody else build a structure that can operate the club because that is what is always lacked in this is a real structure for sustained success. Uh, I mean, you don't have to spend a billion dollars to do it. Brighton and Brentford have shown you don't have to do that. Right. So I'd like to see this idea that Scott Munn's brought in to be the person who can help continue coming from a, from an organization that, not a fan of where they where where their funding comes from necessarily, but they're but a multi football club operation. He may have learned some things, and maybe that he's part of this process of getting him out of the club's day to day footballing operations because clearly now he's not been successful. At the same time, with one trophy, obviously in 22, 23 years, most clubs don't win anything every single year. Most chairmen are unsuccessful every single year. It's not a unique thing. Um, but he's built too much. The revenue is too high. The, the potential is way too great for it to continually underperform and finish one point above the 20th point, the team that has the 20th biggest payroll in the league. And that's Brentford, right? One point above that. I mean, it's just not, it's not acceptable. I mean, and I, 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 I worry his ego is too big to not recognize his failings. You know, that old phrase of would Levy, would Levy sack Levy? I mean, 
you know, he probably would. Um, so, uh, you know, again, I, you know, I, I don't, I don't think that it's really that productive to talk about him in or out because he's not getting out, you know, unless we can all, you know, pony up a few he billion. Could. It's, he could get out. He, he could, he could, but I don't see that. Ed I don't see that happening. United, he ends up having to go. Yeah. Who are you talking yeah. Sorry, what was that as? Ed Woodward and Man United ended up, because the fans hate yeah. him so much, he ended up yeah. leaving. Yeah, I, I, I'm yeah, not sure whether or not... He wasn't an owner in Manchester yeah, United. That's, no, that's... he was the chairman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah what I was saying is, when, if, if, you're ta- if you're saying he needs, to be, he needs to go as chairman, and that's the whole point, that's fine, but I don't see any difference between that and just handing over to Munn or whoever the all the, the the football operations and just staying the hell out of it from a day-to-day basis like you're saying here's 150 million pl- keep your player sales do whatever you want with it i need x percent of return on equity on this whole thing so w- you figure it out um as far as not having a, a manager and a director of football until july that would be catastrophic absolutely yeah. catastrophic that, that is a nightmare Tuesday, decision anyway that, yeah that would be a n- nightmare scenario they do not have that kind of time um there's there's plenty of candidates out there that could be brought in as manager I, i'm not an opinion you know do you bring in a, a manager and then a director of football you bring a director of football and manager you announce them simultaneously i don't know but but monday start well i guess it's bank holiday for you guys so that's why you're saying tuesday right um <laughs> yeah so tuesday it's on i mean the the, the season for net is beginning tuesday and it, there's no time to waste for this club I'm, I'm sure, you know, I echo that actually, there's no time to waste. I'm sure Bank Holiday Monday shouldn't make any difference, should it really? But I'm sure Daniel will give himself a name anyway. Uh, <laughs> right, Harry, we'll come to you as a good segue to He's talk itching. about yeah. managers. Um, so let's come to you and let's talk about potential managers. Okay, I'll I, I go for it. Uh, potential managers. Okay, the list is getting shorter and shorter every day. Um, as we as we know, and that is purely because the club lacks ambition. But this, this is an ongoing long discussion. You know, for me, you've got to be on your hands and knees, begging the likes of Pochettino, begging the likes of Nangelsmann, Arne Slot, who would would improve the club right now. I, I've made it clear. I, I think I don't think that just bringing a, a good, fantastic manager in, you know, whether it was even to be Nangelsmann, is going to change anything. Obviously, it will help, but we're we're a long way away from where we should be. Um, as a club right now, and that is for you know the ambition that there's there's no long term plan. Um, so, so in my eyes, we're in a bit of a, a state at the moment. Levy's under immense pressure. Um, who do I want as the next manager? Well, if I look at the list now, it, it, it's honestly, it's, it's it's how bad how bad you want it to get. You've got the, I sit with a different opinion than probably some people do with with. I'm not even trying to say his second second name, but current Celtic manager and Gate, the long surname. Me, that that is a very that's a shows a lack of ambition. Again, probably the cheap option won't change the club. Hasn't done anything special at Celtic that any other manager hasn't been able to do. We've seen with Stephen Gerrard win the Scottish Premiership with Rangers, but miserably fail with Aston Villa and probably never get a Premier League job again. Yet fans want to fans. I don't, I don't know what fans have seen because Celtic, every time I've watched them, they've been extremely lucky this season. I, I haven't watched them where they've been convincing. Their league is easier over there. I, I, I honestly think that 
it's like saying that let's bring a championship manager in. It feels like that. Then you've got Rogers again, cheap option, lack of ambition. Potter, another ex-Chelsea manager. If we were a serious top four club, not only would we rebuild, we'd be on our hands and knees to get the Potterchinos and Nanglesman. I, I purely believe that with Poch, you know, that, that simple call, he'd be, he'd be back in a flash even even now as we speak. Nanglesman, I'm sure if we're given the power of the transfers, which he had at Bayern Munich over in Germany, um, and and um, also choosing the sporting director. That's a key thing here. I think we're doing it the wrong way around. For me, to convince the manager to come, you bring um, you know the manager in first and let him choose that sporting director because he works with the manager. That Because at the moment, Tottenham Hotspur is not very advertising. I, I think it's quite clear that Nangles wanted to choose Rannick. Levy's gone, oh, we're going to put the sporting director first. The, you know, the manager needs to have that close relationship with that sporting director uh, and work together. So for me, they're doing it the wrong way around. And just like the basic things like appointing Staline to the end of the season, Scott Munn not starting until, what is it, the 1st of, of July. That's just a lack of ambition. Yeah, and he, can't, I mean, he can't start till the 1st of July. So guys, yeah, I, mean, I, I hate Levy. I have to do with Levy. Okay, but a permanent manager, for example, th- th- why why we wait till the end of the season? That, that's, a lack of, that's a lazy option. Our oh, Stellini or Mason, they see out the season and, and we're worried from there. Yeah, we, we'll get to pre-season, get 350th choice like with Nuno and we would do the same again. So it's the same mistake, Luke. And, and it, it can easily be helped. Um, but nobody's going to change anything. But right now, who do I want off, off of that list? But the thing is, say, sorry, no, Hatch, who's hey, he's about to make a decision. No, no, no. no but who's actually going to go for it? <laughs> I wanted to touch on something. Obviously, you say it's like lack of ambition, not bringing a top manager in with eight games to go. Who, 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 who wants to do that? Like, who, who wants to? As a manager, would you want to go into a club with with eight games to go of a season? Would you want? Really? Would you want to work with Daniel Levy? No, and that, that's the problem why they haven't during mid season. But I see your point. That, 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 that's, that's that's just what it is. Um, it's it's as simple as that. Look, I don't. I'll, I'll just touch on it quickly. I think I don't. I don't really know. I don't really know who I want anymore in terms of manager. I don't. I really don't know anymore. Um, obviously, no, I've, no. I've, I've I've I have my reservations of, of the Celtic guy purely because what we what we've all said, and I echo what everyone says. You know, it is a notoriously easier league, and I think we look at I, we look at managers that have come out of it, and they 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 have tried it in the Premier League and haven't done it, but. I just think I just don't, I just don't like I just don't really know which direction we're going. But in, I only wanted to touch on H's point of of you know a lack of ambition, not bringing a manager in sooner. I don't think anyone at that moment, with eight you know, especially with eight games to go, would would have wanted to touch us. Yeah, fair enough, Harry. So who are you going for at the list of mediocre managers we have left? I, I'm not going to give you a name, I'm afraid, because there's not one on there. Even people say to me, "Are you not convinced by Luis Enrique?" No, because it'd be the same situation to Conte and Mourinho, which would be another, what some people like to bracket. I don't bracket Conte or um, Enrique in this elite manager. But one thing's for sure is they are uh, proven winners. They won't be backed. They won't be listened to. They won't win. They'd be sat. Leave the club in a bad place. <laughs> I love that comment. I'm not even sure um, what that means. <laughs> no idea. <laughs> but no, I, I can't really give you the name. But you've still got Slot. You've still got Nangelsman. Potashino, yes, here we go. But if you give him the call... I, I, he wouldn't turn us down. So with the Pochettino thing, 
uh, whether people will turn around and say to me or call me, it, it's not on him. This is down to the club again. It's, the, it's not being able to say sorry. It comes down to ambition and not learning from mistakes. It's a circle going round and round and round. And Luke, we had this discussion. Yeah, you're spot on. The club is rotten from top to bottom, but change starts from the top. Fair enough. Fair enough. Winnie, who do you reckon or who do you want? Um, of, of the current crop, um, I want Nagelsmann. Um, purely because I think, you know, he would be someone that could come in and make a difference. Um, but I saw a, I saw a comment what Holly's put uh, about, about Big Ange. He's got an opportunity to make a name for himself. That also gives me a little bit of uh, a little bit of something, a little bit in there that thinks, OK, maybe, yeah, someone can come in and try and act like he's trying to make a difference. Um, so for me, I want... Uh, Nagelsmann of the current crop, but I think we're going to end up with Graham Potter. That's that's who I think we will go for. Ash, yeah, it's a tough one. Um, yeah, it's quite dross at the moment with um, the whole Nagelsmann situation. So I won't even bother repeat what you guys have just said. But yeah, clearly he is um, a top, top, top guy. Um, and if he's not available, or if Levy fits finds fit that he's not the suit for us. Um, then I look at Ange and I'm starving for attacking football. That's all it is, really. I'm just starving. Yeah. Yeah. And um, if he's going to give me a, a formation that kind of resembles that and we start to press a little bit, then um, and we win a few games, we lose a couple games, but he's consistent with attacking football, then I think that's something all fans can get behind. Do you know what I mean? Despite where we finish or what we pick up along the way. I think if we if he starts to... What he did with Celtic, in my opinion, was um, he got rid of a lot of players, um, which is going to be something that we need to do. Um, and he brought his own players in. And they weren't expensive. They weren't world beaters. But they were all willing to work for him. And we need a manager that kind of has that kind of... That kind of, that, uh, that kind of grit about them. That yeah. when they bring their players in, they listen. And then they play for the manager, they play for the shirt, they play for the team. And, you know, when I see us play against some of the lesser teams, it's like they just look more hungry for it. They just look like they've got an extra gear to go up. And I feel like if this Aussie guy has anything about him, regardless of where, he, where he's played, I know he's played in the um, Scottish League, he's won it with Celtic. I know he went to the J League and he won in Japan which is not really uh, prestigious. I know he went to Australia and won an Asia Cup. Again, not prestigious. And took you know, them who to else managed the first Japanese World Cup. Arsene Wenger, wasn't it? I was just Arsene about Wenger. to go on to that. Yeah. I was just about to go on to that. And when he, was at, uh, when he, when he went on to um, go to Arsenal, it was the same complaints they had. Obviously, they had George Graham. And this guy was virtually unknown managing. Um, but he's revolutionised football, as we know. Um, mm. Obviously, um, him being a part of the City group, kind of links again with Scott Munn and Pep was at in the J League as well and he won with his team and they both played similar football and they were both at this, uh, in the City group. I know it's a small, I'm clutching that straws at the moment, <laughs> no, but you're when you're starving, this is what no, you do. Yeah. And the fact that he plays uh, high up the pitch, high press, attacking, likes younger players, um, that's what I want. And I want to see an attacking midfielder. He does that. He make he has two eights as opposed to two defensive midfielders. I was watching Spurs today, and I was looking at Skip, and I was looking at Basuma, 
and they stand in front of the three attackers or one attacker, wherever the team's front line is, they literally just stand in front of them. They don't really push up any further. And with Ange's team, at least he has two midfielders that bomb on. Do you know what I mean? And then at least with Ange, yeah. his wingers are wingers. Do you know what I mean? So you haven't had that responsibility where, for me, Son's been playing out of position. He keeps dropping in. He plays like an attacking midfielder. That's not his strength. His strength is playing high and wide or just up top, just off the shoulder as a front man. And I think if Son was in an attacking team, he would have a lot more confidence because I can see clearly that his confidence has gone through his first touch and his movement off the ball. I think that's been, been destroyed. And I think if we get him playing the way he was playing in an attacking team, um, I think we'll see a lot. I think for a lot of the players as well. I don't think it's just him. I think the reason why a lot of the players are down tools is because we're, we're playing, we're not playing to their strengths. We're not playing them in the right positions. And I just think it takes the right coach to to bring the bread in as well. New players in and around the pitch, in and around the dressing room, in and around the actual training facilities to give a new hunger, new energy, a new desire, a new outlook. And I just think with Angie's um, world football knowledge, there's a hope in me, a small hope, a glimmer of hope that we could start to scout players that we don't know. Do you know what I mean? And he can bring them in. I think it was yeah. from the J-League, he brought three Japanese players yeah. and they're doing exceptionally well and they're all young, they're all 21 and now they're all getting um, their call-ups to Japan. And Japan, he also wanted as Matoma we saw... At as yeah, well. he, he did want Matoma. Yeah. 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 So I, I, clearly, I'm... I'm just going to say, it clearly shows his wealth of football knowledge and his... Um, ideologies as well so I, I'm I'm I, that's my hope I, I, if it wasn't for that I would have said Almarim but Almarim sorry Almarim is too expensive because we pulled out a slot I know we spent also know, he hates Levy asthmatic yeah 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 well yeah yeah that too but I know we spent uh 15 sorry 15 million no 25 million on Emerson Ryle but we didn't want to spend the twenty million on slot. I mean, I know it's a player. Yeah, that makes that makes no sense manager. at all. Yeah, if, that, if, <laughs> yeah. if that's typically, true, that it's never made any sense to me. Typically, Levy likes to spend big on his managers, but I think it might have been principle. I think his ego kicked in. Like, no, I'm not paying more for you. Like, you Man. Dutch manager from ever the <laughs> you Dutch manager. <laughs> <laughs> Dutch already yeah. had Martin Yol kicked out at half time. Why am I going to get another Dutch man in? Uh, so but you know, I I, it, I could be wrong because obviously he, they slot could have used us. I know that's the narrative, so let's let's be balanced here. Um, but yeah, for me, I just think because he's going on a cheap, I just think and it's gonna be possibly the better option if we're gonna get that type of football. I'm glad, I'm glad you're all starting to get on board with my Ange theory. And for someone yeah. who said, I don't even, uh, Big Ange is yeah. a stupid nickname. I don't even know if that is his nickname. That's just what I call him. Ange uh, Postoglu. He's actually yeah, yeah. really in Greek, I think. He sat by Christmas. Yeah. So, yeah. 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 Has who are you going for? Hey, Nuno. Nuno. Am I going for? Yeah. Okay. Um, first of all, number one, no man is going to succeed under Levy. Um, yeah. Number two, I think it's going to end up being Mason because we'll go through all the choices and we'll get no one. Uh, number three, I think the managers we need to be looking at is someone like Sean Dyche because we're going to be in a relegation battle once Kane leaves. Uh, number four, I was looking at the league for Premier League managers today because I think we need to bring someone with Premier League experience. Um, I think one that's not been mentioned is Lopetoglu. Is it Lopetoglu? Lopetoglu? Lopetoglu, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. He's done a brilliant job at Wolves. And I think yeah. someone like that might be quite good for us uh, because 
yeah, he's got them organized. Um, he's taken them from they're like down the bottom, and now they're like obviously they comfortably stayed up. <laughs> I know they lost the Arsenal today, but um, but yeah, so I think someone like that might be good for us. Um, unfortunately, we've gone through so many different types of managers that, like Winnie said earlier. I don't know what kind of manager we need to bring in next because I think this whole young route is just trying to copy Arsenal with Arteta. And we tried that before, yeah. sort of AVB. And obviously we did. We had that period under Poch as well, which we got to a certain point. But again, we didn't make the final step. Um, so just going for a young youth, young manager and go the youth route is not exactly the answer because... Well, I think we tried it before and also we're just trying to copy other teams. So rather than just finding our own model that works, which is what we should be doing, we just kind of copy other ones. And until we realize and actually have a proper plan, I don't know what manager we should bring in. Fair enough. But yeah. Uh, Jack, who are you going for? <laughs> yeah. And, and has, I think I'll echo has a little bit. I'm, I'm, I, I do agree. As I said, I, I'm Levy is not, there's no strategic vision and plan of what kind of club you want to be and what kind of culture you want to have. And so that's going to be a problem unless he gets completely out of the way. But I'm, I'm with, I'm with Ash. I mean, I am, I was never a Nagelsmann fan. I, I don't want a manager who's going to be looking at his next job and constantly linked with the bigger and better because they think they're too good for the club. I'm done with that. Um, uh, didn't want Poch back. I love him, but I don't, I don't, I wasn't convinced that was going to work. So I'm, I'm sad that he's at Chelsea, of course, uh, more than sad. But but I'm not a big fan of that uh, situation at all. I, I I think showing ambition does not mean you get the the, the shiniest bauble in, in the, available. Um, I am I think that the younger I don't mean younger uh, in terms of age, but people who are in other leagues are dismissed too easily. Uh, Anja's won everywhere he's gone. He's won with different styles, and I think he could be successful just because he's this is probably the biggest club he's ever going to get. And he's very passionate and he's turned that, I think you're right, Ash, he, he, they fought 14, got six out, including the club captain. And they went from getting played off the pitch by Rangers to wiping the floor with him. I know it's Scotton, but he's been successful everywhere he's gone. That type of manager, I mean, I wasn't a big fan of company, even though he didn't have a lot of, a lot of experience. You want someone who is going to bring some fire into the club and it may not be successful because I'll leave you won't won't get out of the way, but that's the type of manager we should look looking for. I also like the Wolves manager. I think he's done a lot of things and I hear he's not happy. The fact that he's discovered he's got no money to spend. So, I mean, I think <laughs> that that's much better than that. We've got more than, we got more than Wolves. We've got, no, we got more than Wolves. So, I mean, I, we, listen, listen, I'm sorry. I don't agree with this narrative that, that we don't spend money. We spent a, we spent a lot of money. We spent it really poorly. And that's the problem. And the yeah. fact is, a lot of people criticize you. Know, okay, so you bring Ash in, and he's going to play that that Pep system, that four-one-four-one type thing, where you bring the fullbacks in narrow, and you're playing through the midfield. And I love this. I love the style of play. But people say we don't have the players for it. I, I think we've got a few pieces. But people point out you got to have really good ball-playing center backs. And I'm like, okay, well, all right. Well, we don't really. But there is not a manager that's going to be successful if we don't fix a center back problem because that is, I mean, again, 63 goals conceded. It doesn't matter whether a low block, attacking football, if your center backs are trash. When we talked about earlier, Kyle Walker was was really successful. So was Danny Rose. They weren't great defenders. What they were, what what they had was probably the best center back pairing in all of Europe for a couple of years. Mm, plus true. you had, plus you had, you know, before before his ankles went down, you had probably the best holding midfielder in the world for a little while. Um, and then even Dyer, you know, when he was younger, was athletic. He could form that middle of the three and let the fullbacks bomb on. So I feel like it, you know, freaking um, 
Count Dracula showed what you can do at, at Aston Villa, right? I mean, that club was trash. Oh, Same players, and guess where they finished? Emory's in front of it. So you can oh, turn yeah. this club around. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you can turn this club around even with Levy if you get the right guy in and turn it around, not make it painful to watch. Because I would, I'm with you, Ash. If we finish eighth, but we're playing attractive football and the games are not just miserable slog fests, then at least that's progress because I admit that the ceiling may be a little low as long as Levy's going to keep his hands tightly on the footballing operations. But maybe that's maybe going to change with a new structure that this, this Mun guy, I don't know anything about him, but maybe that's the first sign that we're actually going to have something different going forward. That's, but that's guys, don't you for. think with the Scott Munn thing that, like with Paratici, I remember that summer, people like me were calling for a director of football um, and some take all the footballing matters. He brings in Paratici, who he didn't clearly do a background check on, or he did, but he didn't really care. Um, and then, obviously, he was a real criminal in the end, and he probably didn't have as much power as we thought he had. Um, and he was just there as like a face, as in like, yeah, look, here's your director of football. Here he is. Do yeah, you but think we're not Scott talking Munt, about director Munt, of football, though. Huh? He's not a director no, no. of football. No, no, no. Oh, if I want to say and Scott Munn's just another because obviously everyone keeps saying, "Oh, Levy should step Rock away from football." Let's, let's, let's just bring in another guy who says, <laughs> "Oh, he's head of football now," just as like a as a face, as a fall guy, yeah, so that you get to guy, fire when. Yeah, guy, yeah, I hear yeah. you. Yeah, I, understand I have that fear. I have that fear. Yeah, no, I did too. Yeah, no, I, I you should have that fear. You'd be yeah, an idiot yeah. if you didn't. It's <laughs> <laughs> like Scott Munn's the next guy, next full guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think I think I think you're both right there actually. Uh Jack, where he said you're an idiot if uh if you don't if you don't have some part of you that thinks that it's just a big smoke screen. Um but I suppose only time will tell. Yeah. Um you know, if anyone wants to hear my point of view, whoever it is in the comments clearly doesn't, but well, I'll say it anyway. <laughs> do, I've I been uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I've been I've been uh shouting out uh Ange to come in for quite a number of weeks now on this channel. I think, uh, Ash, you got it spot on with, with everything that you said about him. Look, do I think he's the best manager out, you know, in world football that can come to Tottenham Hotspur? No. But the first things first is we need to get back an attacking football identity. I think he'll bring that. I think he will, and people will hate me for this, but I have to say it because I have to, you know, I want to be a part of all matters on this, is that I think that Daniel Levy will love him because of his um, ability and scouting knowledge of uh, the Asian um, footballing oh, yeah. network yeah. and market, it would be an amazing thing to push Tottenham Hotspur Football Club into that Asian um, market and shirt sales and all the rest of it that comes with it, the financial implications that come with it. And I think that he, as a as a big guy, at Spurs, you know, will will think that 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 is a very attractive thing. That also the appointment of Scott Munn and his background in the City Group in uh, China, I think. So anyway, all of those things together, mixed with the fact that you know we could end up with some some decent footballers from from places we haven't heard of, um, could be exciting. As I said, if it, if it comes between a straight shootout between Nagelsmann and Ange, of course I'm going Nagelsmann. But um, you know, I I just genuinely think you know with all the points above that that's the route that. Spurs will go down, and the odds since we talked about it last week. Last week he was twenty-five to one. Today he's five to one. Did so, he say um, as long as Rogers doesn't come in? Stay, yeah. 
Didn't you say, oh, we've seen the Celtic fans next season and players next season or something? Yeah, I don't know, but you'd say you'd say anything though, wouldn't you, as a manager? You're not gonna be like, Oh yeah, see you later, lads. We've got a cup final to win <laughs> to win the treble. I'll see you all great. later, I'm going to Spurs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> plus, plus, to be honest, plus it helps I live in Glasgow and my next door neighbor's a Celtic fan, so uh wouldn't be better than steal their manager. But anyway. <laughs> That kind of like wrap us all up today. I want to thank everybody that's um, been in the chat and everybody that's been on both channels. It's been brilliant to be able to stream on both uh, View from the South Southland TV and also on this Parkland podcast. We'll go around the houses, let everybody introduce themselves, introduce your podcasts, get everybody to like, subscribe, all the rest of it. Um, and, it's, you know, we'll start with Jack. Yeah, thanks for having me. Uh, I'm with the Cheese Room podcast, both the YouTube, which goes tomorrow night at 9 UK time. Uh, as well as the as well as the pod, um, and I really appreciate you letting us come on and 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 look forward to returning the favor, so you guys can come on and join us on our shows real soon. Amazing, thanks, Jack. Harry. Yeah, thank you for having me on again. It's it's good. It's nice to come on after a win. It feels different. Um, I've forgotten what it felt like to be fair, but hey ho. Um, yeah. yeah, you got oh my Twitter handle's usually there. It's not there. Uh, Harry Scarf twenty two. There you go. Change that. Um, yeah, channel Scarfy Spurs Talk. Uh, this Monday will be the last um, weekly live show or podcast, if you like, uh, of the season. We'll be stopping and resuming when the season starts, uh, replacing that, returning the the popular um, daily sixty seconds Spurs roundup, which was which popular last summer. So that will be returning. And yeah, you can just find loads of Spurs content throughout the summer because there never is a quiet day as a Tottenham fan. And you can also find me here on Part Lane Podcast every Sunday, 7pm. Just get my head around saying that now. That's going to take a while. Uh, but yeah, so no, thank you for having me on once again. Um, yeah, end the season on a positive note. Um, all smiles, I guess. Amazing. Thanks, Harry. And Winnie? Yeah, uh, Winnie1991 on Twitter. Um, obviously, I'm Park Lane Pod every week if I can uh, if I can make it on. Um, but any any channel or anyone anything that anyone shouts out today, anyone listening, just make sure you go and check everyone out and every yeah. single channel that's that's involved Definitely. today because you know we all we all just look out for each other and we all we all doing this because it's just what we like doing. We all like chatting shit about Spurs. So uh, what I will say though is, um, funnily enough, Ash, you 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 your you know your rousing speech about Big Ange, you've convinced me. <laughs> honestly you really have there was everything that you said yeah everything you said i don't I even think he there. convinced himself but <laughs> <laughs> i was sitting there and i was thinking do you know what i think, I think he's the man it's big and big and is the man but yeah no um everyone that everyone that shouts out on here make sure you go and uh, go and check them out and follow them and, yeah. and subscribe thanks winnie ashmatic um yeah you can find me here on the south you coys guys um not everyone agrees with my opinion. I'm just a fan, like everyone else. I just speak my mind, whether it's right or wrong. I just say it how I see it, if I'm being honest. Um, I am trying to do some more content on... Oh, by the way, we're still going to be running through the summer, just to let you know. But I'm trying to focus on the Asian market myself. So I'm trying to look at players that could be the heir to throw into Son Hyung Min as he's approaching 31 in July. I've got a play out at the moment. I've done a bit of research on the videos out now. Um, it's called um, an alternative to Madison part two. Um, so I'm looking for like tens, potential tens that can work in that um, area if we can't afford Madison, which, you know, is looking likely or we're going to miss out on them likely. And I'm looking at also current players that we're linked with and then just doing a quick anal um, analysis on them as well. 
But yeah, you can see us in the summer. We're gonna do a few more bits. But yeah, like I will echo what everyone else is saying. Just like everyone else's channels, sub subscribe to them. We're a brotherhood at the moment. Um, and yeah, that's it, man. Just yeah, spread the love. Amazing. Thanks. I might actually need to check those videos out because that sounds incredible. Um, Has how can everyone find you? Yeah. So um, it's, it's quite easy. So Hasbur TV is my um, YouTube channel. So please go subscribe to that. I should have a video out some point next week. Um, we're going to do a video, me and TJ, about players we want but will never sign. Um, and please follow me to at Hasbun92. <laughs> so the players we want will never get. Um, also, I'll be on Scarfy Talk tomorrow at night. So big up, Harry. Thanks for having me on. Um, and thanks for having me on this channel again because I think I've been on here once or twice before. And big up, View from the South. I'm always on here. Yeah, with Ash. Yeah, <laughs> and anyone else's channel that's been shout out, please go subscribe to them. Yeah. And of course, leave you out. <laughs> Amazing! <laughs> I love I love the sound of your new video. It sounds as optimistic as always from you has. So uh, I might uh, I might check that out. Um, if anyone wants wants to follow me, follow me Luke underscore Park Lane. But more importantly, as everyone said, make sure you're liking, subscribing to everyone's channels. You know, we won't be stopping throughout the summer. Um, unless every one of my hosts decides to give up for the summer. So um, we you don't know, have we'll a match by July. It's like... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 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 the thing is with Spurs, right? Is there's always content. There's always content yeah. to make. So, uh, you know, it's always good to do. So just want to thank everybody again for tuning in. Um, everyone for joining on both channels. Make sure you're subscribing to everyone. Choose room to Hasper, to Scarfy Spurs Talk, to Partland Podcast, and also to View from the South Sound TV. Let's support each other and big up to Top Four Trophy FC, yay, in the comments. Because my God, you have made my evening reading through some of that <laughs> shit that you've put out tonight. So big he's up to you. My, he's and... always on my channel, so <laughs> fair enough. Big up to you. Big up to everyone else. <laughs> and uh, you know, until next time, a big come on you Spurs. Come on, come you Spurs. Spurs.